All right, here we go. Final Score Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And uh, looking forward to talking to uh, Tuscarora boys soccer coach Todd Nepper on this week's edition. Uh, the Titans are uh, one of the top boys teams in the state this year. Uh, state title aspirations. Uh, still unbeaten, uh, but it's been an interesting week for them. Uh, they had to come from behind to beat Urbana. And then they had their first uh, sort of blemish of the season with a 1-1 tie uh, with Liberty in a game that was called due to lightning. So we'll ask Todd about all that, what, he, what he's learned about his team this week, and just about their expectations going forward. Uh, but first, as we always do, we'll take a swing around the county with FNP sports writer John Cannon. Uh, John is here. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, good. And uh, uh, interesting last week, uh, we'll, we'll take a look at um, football. Um, we had some games uh, knocked out uh, due to due to COVID. Um, both our private schools didn't play MSD and St. John's, and also the Tuscarora Walkersville game was was uh, was uh, called off too. Uh, I, b- I believe Tuscarora will be able to play this week against Ligonor. I, I think they'll be able to practice this week, so I think that game is on. But but the last two they haven't played against Frederick and and, and Walkersville uh, last week, so. A reduced number of games, but some interesting results. Uh, Ligonor um, uh, uh, does enough uh, to beat Middletown. Uh, Frederick rolls over Catoctin. Urbana gets back in the win column uh, over Gaithersburg. Uh, Brunswick uh, routes uh, Clear Spring. Uh, uh, South Carroll knocks off TJ. And and, and then on uh, Saturday, uh, Oakdale went to Fort Hill and had a tough time. They, They were sort of blown out. Uh, uh, in, in that game, a 42-7 by Fort Hill, a perennial 1A power. Um, John, I believe you saw the Frederick Catoctin game last week. Uh, Fred Frederick uh, continues to put together a nice season here. Yeah, yeah, they're um, and defense got their first shutout uh, since 2008. Um, you know, in the past, um, when Frederick's had high-powered offenses like they do now, they've usually needed them because their defense has given them a lot of points. And that's been the case earlier this season when they played some some uh, stronger teams, but but their defense has some teeth too. And they, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how they do this week against Walkersville. Yeah, a b- b- big test for uh, Frederick this week against Walkersville. Um, they uh, played Middletown very tough. Uh, Frederick did earlier in the season, and and, and this will be the next uh, real test that they've had against Walkersville. It's a home game, so this will be on their home field and. And if, if, if Frederick could win a game like this, I mean, Walkersville's uh, one of the top programs in the county every year. Uh, they beat Oakdale earlier this season, Walkersville did. Um, uh, they they, they, they uh, <coughs> gave Ligonor a, a, a tough game. So so this would be a real feather in Frederick's cap if they're able to get it. But but Walkersville, with that running game and, 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 and the defense and a, and a couple of their playmakers, like Jeremiah Franklin, um, uh, th- th- they'll be a formidable test. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. That, that, that's that's the game of the week. Frederick Walkersville or Walkersville at Frederick. So mm-hmm. and that, that, that's the game uh, <clears throat> that, that I'm looking forward uh, most uh, uh, to seeing this week. Uh, Ligonor goes to Tuscarora this week. Uh, Ur- Urbana takes on Middletown. Middletown uh, is three and two um, after after their loss to Ligonor. Uh, they have wins. Over uh, uh, Frederick, uh, they they won their uh, they they <coughs> also beat Boonesboro and won their season opener with uh, Tuscarora. Uh, the losses to Oakdale and Ligonor, so we'll we'll see what Middletown is, see if they can handle Urbana this week. Um, Brunswick hosts Liberty, um, and Br- Brunswick uh, one loss, uh, uh, um, pl- playing very well um, uh, once again, mm-hmm. and they have some upcoming tests coming up with like. Middletown's on their schedule. Walkersville's on their schedule. So, mm-hmm. um, so Brunswick wants to build some momentum going into those games. So, so they want to keep things rolling against Liberty this week. Uh, Catoctin plays Poolville, Poolsville, Oakdale with another uh, non-county uh, game against Gwen Park. So, um, so uh, not a, not a great football schedule, I would call it, but but an, an interesting one. And, and again, that Frederick Walkersville game, which um, should be. Uh, something to see, and, and can Brunswick keep ge- things going too? Because I think Liberty's a pretty respectable Carroll County opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought there were some interesting results, John, on the soccer scene this week. Uh, the Ligonor girls had a really good win on Monday night, one uh, nothing over Oakdale. Uh, the, those two teams 
have been vying right behind Tuscarora this season for for county supremacy, uh, and, and and it was expected to be a close game, and it was, and 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 uh, Ligonor, uh pulled it out with a one nothing victory, and it looks like now on on the girls' side anyway that a Ligonor Tuscarora game in in a, in a couple of weeks, I believe it's October twenty first. I I want to say it's a Thursday night game. Uh, that 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 should be uh, the game game of the year in girls soccer. Uh, boys soccer, we'll, we'll talk to Coach Nepper about this, like I said, but Tuscarora, they, they, were, they were tested this week with, with, with their uh, weather-shortened game with Liberty uh, that was tied at 1-1, and then they had uh, a fight from a goal, goal behind uh, to beat Urbana. <clears throat> they won on a penalty kick on, uh, on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, you saw some volleyball this week, John. What, what, what stood out there? Yeah, actually, uh, last night I saw Middletown, uh, Linganore. Um, yeah, it was a 3-0 uh, Middletown win, but it was competitive. But, uh, man, Middletown, they, they, um, they had some good players, some good younger players, too, um, like uh, Jordan Pryor, who is a junior, I believe, is uh, kind of big gun, really good with their serves, too, and good at the net, and good with digs. Um, so they, 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 uh, they have a nice team. And, of course, uh, did I see Urbana play early in the week against Oakdale, which really that's our, our two top teams. Um, right now, and Urbana beat them three nothing. A good win for them because you know Oakdale. Um, and they're, Oakdale's still Oakdale. They're, they're they're still a good program. So that was a really quality win for Urbana. Um, I'm I'm looking at the prep page, which is out in uh, Thursday's paper, of course. And uh, the Hagerstown teams, of course, look pretty strong in volleyball. Do you, do you have any idea how our teams might stack up against them? Have you heard much about the Hagerstown schools um, so far? Or? I guess like it sounds like North uh, is is big this year. The real surprise is uh, Smithsburg is usually just a state power, and they I guess are down. And I'm and Catoctin beat them, and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Catoctin, uh, but they've they've lost a bunch of other uh, uh, matches as well. So I think they're kind of down this year. It sounds like Boonesboro is pretty good. Williamsport is always way up there. Um, Williamsport leads the Gambrel. North Hagerstown leads the Spires in volleyball. They're both seven and zero. Mm-hmm. And, and Oakdale's a step behind them at five and two, and Urbana's uh, four and four and two. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess that's the question: is how do our schools in volleyball stack up with those Washington County uh, powerhouses? Uh, field hockey, uh, Urbana uh, continues to roll along. They're six and two overall, three and zero in field hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, girls soccer, Ligonor and, and Tuscarora, that, that, that showdown shaping up for a couple, uh, in, in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And on the boys' side, um, uh, Tuscarora has sort of separated itself from the pack, but again, a, co- a couple of tests that they've passed uh, this week. A question about that, that Liberty yeah. match, is that a final? It, it, yeah, yeah, uh, it, it, it's one-to-one. One. One one. Unfortunately, my prep page doesn't reflect that. I uh, missed that one. But uh, the, yeah, the Tuscarora boys, 7-0-1. Seven, oh, seven, oh, yeah. so, we'll so, so, right, so we'll, we'll, we'll fix that and then uh yeah uh, the football week uh, logan malone brunswick soccer um uh, he had a big week uh he had three goals in a couple of games um against walkersville and uh clear spring uh callie camarada of tuscora having a really nice season uh she scored in overtime uh, as the tuscora girls uh, uh pushed um lot last friday in uh, a win over Urbana. Those Tuscarora-Urbana soccer games are always uh, typically close. And the thing about Tuscarora, they still have a lot of young players, a lot right. of sophomores who are powering them. So right, yeah, yeah, the, the girls. Uh, the girls um, yeah. Yep, yep. So so they'll be they'll be a force uh, for, for years to come, whereas the Tuscarora boys, I believe, have a little more uh, uh, high school uh, high, high school <laughs> experience. Yeah, they're the, they're the, they're the KG uh, uh, veterans. So... Mm-hmm. Um, any, anything else jump out to you over the course of the week, John? Or one thing you mentioned, Linganore football. I was thinking about it. I mean, they've had some really tough battles this year, right? They've been pushed by, yeah. by a lot of teams, and but they always find a way to just kind of <clears throat> pull it out. Right. Yeah. It was the, it was the special teams uh, this past week against Middletown. Um, uh, Zane Bailey with, with three big kickoff returns, uh, including one for a touchdown. His other two kickoff returns set up touchdowns, and they kicked the field goal and and blocked the and blocked an extra point. So, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> in, in really every sense of the word, it was a special teams win for Ligonier and, and and Rick Connor loves stuff like that. They they, they practice special teams every day. They they talk, they take a lot of pride in 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 uh, in uh, that facet of the game. So 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 Coach Connor was was pretty pleased after that went over Middletown. 
And, and Middletown really hung with him. It was just a, a player two here, a turnover there, a takeaway those kickoff returns by Zane Bailey, and it could be a <clears throat> much closer game. So, so Lincolnor is undefeated. They're the, they're the only undefeated, but but I'm not sure that they really separated themselves from the pack in, in, in a big way yet. Um, mm-hmm. Oakdale played him to within a point um, mm-hmm. on Lincolnor's field. Walkersville pushed him for for a, for a half at least. Middle, Middletown. Uh, a, a couple plays different are, are right there with them. So, Lincolnor's unbeaten, uh, and, and they and they look strong and, and like like a contender like they normally are. But um, I'm wondering if those types of wins are more mm, valuable mm, than them yeah. than blowing out. You know, especially come playoff time if you keep getting pushed week after week and and find a way to be resilient. You know, right. So really helps them. All right. Well, uh, there's our uh, uh, look back and look ahead around county sports. And in just a couple of minutes, uh, Todd Nepper will be with us. So stay with us, everyone, here on the Final Score Podcast. As we have mentioned many times on the program here, Tuscarora High School has a pair of powerhouse soccer teams this season. About a month or so ago, we had Troy Bowers, coach of the unbeaten girls team at Tuscarora, on the show. And now we're pleased to welcome back Todd Nepper, coach of the unbeaten boys team for the Titans. Hi, Todd. How are you, man? I'm great, Greg. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you back. I mean, especially it's been a real interesting week for your team. I, I, I thought you guys were sort of rolling along. And, and then Monday happens, and, and you guys are off to a one one nothing start against Liberty on Monday. Um, they, they find a way to, to, get, to get a tying goal, and then three minutes after they score the tying goal, uh, the game is called due to lightning. Uh, just the weird weather week we've had so far here. Uh, so, so you settle for a 1-1 tie. You, I, when I talked to you the other night, you said it was really the first blemish on your team's record this season. And then, uh, then, then you guys go to Urbana uh, 24 hours later. Uh, 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 you, you fall behind by a goal in the second half. First time you guys have trailed all season long. Um, about 20 minutes uh, tick by, and you, and, and you find a way to, to, to score the tying goal. Uh, game goes into overtime. Uh, you, you, you get a PK, and, and uh, uh, Tony Lom- Lombardi, uh, your, your junior defender, right? Yeah, uh, captain as yeah, well. Ju- junior captain uh, uh, converts uh, the winning PK, and you guys pull out a come-from-behind win uh, over uh, Urbana, at Urbana. So that's, that's a real nice win because they always play you tough. Uh, what have you learned about your team this week? Um, nothing Nothing that we didn't already know. It's just it's starting to, to show up in the regular season. We've actually um, been dealing with adversity from, from day one, and, and this is – um not very well known but it definitely sets the stage for for what was to come uh on august 1st 10 days before tryouts i found out that both of our returning goalkeepers were not playing this year uh one was pursuing some work interests and the other was actually transferring to another school um so everything that we thought we could rely on and and start working with with day one was uh out the window and we had to scrap it and go back to the drawing board at the same time ironically um, we had a goalkeeper coach kind of fall into our lap um, that that was able to uh, assist in the, the rebuilding of quality goalkeeping. And um, day one of tryouts, we had three field players, returning field players, that um, two had previous goalkeeping experience, but that ship had kind of sailed for them, um, stepped stepped up and said, Coach, whatever the team needs, I'm, I'm willing to throw the gloves on and give it a try. And... Um, from that point on, it kind of set the stage for the rest of the boys to to uh, put their own needs behind them and, and focus on what was best for the group. So those three guys, uh, Aiden Ritta, Anthony Argueta, and Eric Wanger, have have really been the uh, the unsung heroes from day one. And the rest of the guys um, really just picked up right from there and, and realized that there's, there's not much that could happen to this group that would uh, – take away from what we're capable of so it's been a great thing to see and the and the boys have absolutely embraced it yeah and in, in talking to you and in talking to tony after the after the urbana game it seems like you, you guys expect to, fa- to face some adversity like this stuff isn't going to catch you off guard it's not going to catch you by surprise when you fell behind no one no one panicked uh, you guys kept your poise kept your focus uh, it, it seems like this guy, this team knows what it's going to be in store for is is the stakes ratchet up as we get closer to states yeah, we um, we have the ability to really just wear down teams and um, allow 
the course of 80 minutes or last night, I guess closer to 88 minutes, um, just work out in our favor. Soccer's a, a very interesting game. You know, you can you can play really well for almost the entire game in the course of five, six, 10, 15 seconds can, can change the outcome. Um, we actually faced a little bit of adversity last week at home versus South Hagerstown, who um, have an extremely capable goalkeeper that's committed to Marshall, uh, defending national champions. Uh, we weren't able to find success in the first half, so it was 0-0 with a team that um, we've never really had much trouble with. And um, we didn't hit the panic button, and sure enough, right out of the gate in the second half, we we saw the ball go on the net, and um, and we ended up tallying two or three more, and everything was right in the world again. So we, we've been there, and we know that we do have the ability to show up on the scoreboard. We do have the ability to... Uh, dominate games and, and, and really get results that are eye-opening, but also, uh, you know, no team is beyond grinding out scrappy games. That's yeah. what last night was. We were really sluggish out of the, out of the, uh, the beginning of the game from the, from the beginning. Some of our most technical and confident players looked like they had their shoes on the wrong feet. And um, we dealt with it. We didn't give up on them. We encouraged them not to give up on each other. And it, it says a lot about the quality of our group, the quality of the, the leadership um, coming from our captains down, and the strength of what it's like to coach a, a group of players that have been really good friends and playing together since second, third grade. What what is it about Urbana? They they always play you guys so tough. I mean, Scott Charter and Urbana they're they're a perennial power. I mean, they're they're a great team, but it seems like every time you guys play them, it, it, it's always a, a nail biter. Um, part of it is the the demographic. They, uh, you know, it's it's an area where I think the the parents believe in and understand the importance of getting your kids into activities at a young age, and they can afford to do it, and um, and and that always translates well um, to what that sort of uh, transforms into as as kids get older. But ultimately, it, it comes down to the the pride of that school. You know, there's a there's a lot of pride in that school, although it's one of the newer schools in the county, I guess not so much anymore, but it's, you know, it, it doesn't date back to like a Frederick High School or a Middletown. Um, and, and certainly Scott has, has just done a phenomenal job with, with uh, getting kids interested in playing and then, uh, you know, creating a culture where kids can thrive. So you guys weren't surprised by what, what you faced last I, night? I personally was surprised because, um, you know, you don't always, when Urbana is absolutely loaded, you hear about it, and you're, you're fearful when you show up. Um, over the last couple years, we've started to get results. So I think most people believed, including ourselves, that we were the favorites going into last night. But when that's the case, you, you get everybody's best. Um, and and we absolutely got our band's best. They were, they were really, really disciplined and active out of the gate last night. Um, their back line put so much pressure on us that we – we couldn't do much at the beginning of the game higher up the field, um, and we just had to slowly inch inch our way up the field with the ball, maintain possession a little bit, and, and allow things to uh, slowly open up. But it wasn't it wasn't the same sort of success that we had experienced on that field a month earlier when we uh, took it to Bethesda Chevy Chase and Watkins Mill. Yeah, I mean, you you've talked openly about how talented your team is. Uh, there's internal expectations uh, for you guys. You, you want to win states. There's um, external expectations uh, for you guys. People expect you to be really good when they come see you play. Does, does, does that create pressure for your guys? It does, but as Tony mentioned last night, they, they feel like they were built for this. Um, and, and that's not something that I put a lot of pressure on them myself. In fact, I, I put most of the pressure on myself to, to kind of stay out of the way and, and not mess it up. It's, um, it's a new challenge for me as a coach uh, because there's not much that they need to know about soccer. Um, there's, there's some subtle reminders. There's some motivational things. There's some small tactical adjustments and some creative ideas about how to be better in, in the marginal parts of the game, the nuances of the game, um, quick restarts, set pieces, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, mostly it's keeping them humble, keeping them healthy, uh, keeping them hardworking. And as a result, um, you know, even though there's a lot of mouths to feed and not everybody's getting 
the same amount of playing time and the same amount of attention. Um, generally, I think the boys in the program are really happy with, with where we're at right now. Seems like a fun laid-back group, true? Very true. Uh, very true, but also at the same time very competitive. You know, we'll go for uh, a little team-building event down at somebody's house and uh you know a volleyball game will break out where they're keeping score or they got the pool skimmer and they're holding it over the diving board seeing who can clear the highest level or we're in study hall and uh you know you see guys playing paper football because they got straight a's so but it's, they, it's competitive in study hall it, it absolutely is um and and i enjoy it and i i embrace it because you know it allows them to build that sort of expectation for themselves that you know we we want to go out and, and be known as the best team around. Um, one of the motivational things uh, during the pandemic was seeing the, the list of the best teams in Frederick County history that was put out. Tuscarora didn't have a team on that list. Um, yeah, when you guys won states, it was sort of a surprise run. It was, 5-5-2. Right? Five, five and, 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 you know, I'm spoiled. That, that was my first year coaching high school soccer with uh, Coach Steitler, who's back in the mix this year as well, um, on staff with us. Um, so – you know, I know what it's like uh, to win one. I know what it's like to lose three in a row as a high school player. Um, I want that experience for our guys. And the more I talk about it, the more I explain to them what that would be like, what that can be like for our school, for our community, for the kids that are in the neighborhoods, in the elementary schools, wondering what sport they want to do, what they want to get involved in. Um, our boys, our boys deserve a chance, and and I think they are excited to to go and try to string whatever it takes, five games, maybe six games together, um, to do that. It, it seems like patience is one of your team mottos this season. You guys don't get rattled. You, you you're not gonna you're not gonna panic. But is it is it hard to stay patient? Is is, is that a tough thing uh, for these kids? Um, I, I think it is. I, I think it's hard for them to deal with. We have many, many guys that are self-critical. Um, we got, we got some guys that tend to potentially uh, get in their head a little bit, um, just because they know that they're capable of, of playing their best game of the year every night out. And um, I, I continue to try to explain to them that, you know, if if you watch professional games, you're going to see a, a ton of capable players that are more capable than our guys that are doing it for a living. And any given game, you might have three or four guys who have really good days, and the rest are just going to play their role that day. Um, and and that's part of it. You know, you've you've got to you've got to continue to play and um, and continue to work hard to defend. Um, it's it's a very influential game. The the boys are very impactful. Their their body language. Their 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 vocality in the game uh, can can really help sway guys and keep them tuned in and and that's really um, where Tony comes in for us uh, as a as a captain you know he was a, a captain last year as a sophomore which you don't really see um, on any team why'd you pick him for that role um, so he's the youngest of four boys uh, and and he's all four boys have played in our program uh, you know, I, I know him almost like a son. His his family is family to me. His mom's been our manager for eight, nine years, it seems. And, um, you know, we lost Jack Lillis uh, to graduation. Tony started at center back with Jack as a freshman. And in the offseason, Tony came to me and he said, I want, I want to be exactly what, what Jack was to our team. And, um, you know, Tony's not shy about his confidence. He's not shy about taking on leadership roles. He's not shy about telling the truth and, and speaking his mind to his teammates. And, and, and taking you can't those, deny that. Yeah, and, and taking those PKs, that's, that's not an easy job either. I mean, the, the, pr the pressure is squarely on your shoulders when you're in that spot. Absolutely. And, and as he said, he's, uh, he's been flawless there. And I think part of that, you know, PKs, there's been so much statistical analysis and, and psychological case studies done on those um, in terms of placement and, and the age of the players and, and what form they're in when they're taking it. And, um, and you know, a, a lot of it points to just sheer confidence and commitment. And, you know, last night it wasn't hit perfectly, but he committed to it and the pace that he put behind it kept it from being saved. The um, goalkeeper, who had a phenomenal game, by the way, um, Brian Rios actually got a hand on it. 
do, do you tell kids to always go to the same spot on PKs? Can you coach PKs or is it simply up to the kid and, and just the, is it an individual decision sort of? Um, it, a lot of it comes down to planning. Um, you know, your one through five and then what you do if it goes six, seven, eight, um, you know, sometimes nine or 10 guys, but really it's uh, everybody gets a try in training and we start to look at what they're doing and, and coach based on what we see. There are some players who are capable of mixing it up and, you know, this, this area is so uh, tightly bound with soccer players that know each other that it's hard to continue to go the same side against a kid that, you, you know, if you're playing somebody twice in a season or three times in two years, you start to learn each other's uh, style and, and placement as well as, you know, Social media doesn't help keep secrets, things like that. Right. And, uh, all the games being live streamed last year and most of them being live streamed now, it's it's hard to keep that stuff uh, quiet. But, you know. Do, do you study other teams' PKs to, to get tendencies and stuff like that? Uh, we, we try to. Yeah, we try to. Uh, from the reverse side of things, we, we want our goalkeepers to, uh, to generally guess and commit to one way. Uh, but there are certain situations where – um, you mix it up a little bit and you try to stay unpredictable. It's it's one of those things where it's just uh, it's like stealing signs in baseball. There's just it's just a whole another element to the game. Um, but you also try not to focus too much on it because nobody wants it to go that way. Right. Like like last night, um, if say you're playing Urbana in, in a playoff game, hypothetically here, would you would you know if any got to a PK situation again? Would you know that John Doe of Urbana always goes to the right on his PKs? Um, we might. That information generally would come from the kids. Okay. Um, sometimes I track things, and and uh, you know, I don't get out to scout as many games as I used to. Um, but uh, you, you try to get tells and things like that. You try to you try to get tendencies. Generally, players are going to the majority of players from you know youth soccer all the way up through the, the professional ranks are going to if if they're a right-footed player. Stats show that. Um, I guess maybe 55, 60, nothing that you can rely on too much. 60% go to the strong side. So right-footed players hit it to the right side, left-footed players to the left side. And conversely, goalkeepers, if your right hand is your dominant hand, it's it's more natural to dive to the right. Do you talk to, do you talk to your kids about their own tells and tendencies and, and sort of to vary that and disguise them a little bit? We try to. A lot of it's in the run-up. Um, but, you know, the truth of it is if, if a penalty is well hit, and the referees are, are doing their job to make sure that the keepers aren't sort of stepping off the line or cheating, um, th then you can't save them. Tony hit one against uh, TJ last year to send us to the county finals that uh, there's not a keeper I've ever seen that would have saved. Did, did you take PKs in high school? Um, I, I did in high school. I didn't in, uh, I didn't in college. How, how nerve-wracking is it? Um. I don't really remember, to tell you the truth. I, 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 I'll say this. I wasn't cut from the same cloth that Tony was. <laughs> I, I, uh, I felt more confident uh, with the ball on my foot with one or two defenders coming at me than I did in, in those moments of isolation in the spotlight. That, that was the, still the type of person I kind of am. Right. Uh, so you, you touched on already sort of how you put out the little the mini fires that were going on with your goalkeeping situation at the start of the season. Uh, I want to talk to you about your offense. Uh, your leading scorer is uh, Thomas McGough. Uh, eight goals, three assists so far. Uh, tell us about Thomas. Yeah, dating back to uh, our preseason games, you know, we went down and uh, and and almost knocked off Calvert Hall, who's um, considered the best team in the state right now, top ten in the country based on all the reputable ranking systems. Uh, we were three three with them. Thomas had the first goal. Uh, three three through the sixty fifth minute, um, that would have been a huge, a huge uh, win for our program, and and probably would have put us more on the map than than we currently are. Um, Thomas scored in that game. He scored at Good Council. He scored against Montgomery Blair, the biggest school in the state. He's he scored in every game he's played this year except one. Um, Sc scored the tying goal against Urbana. Scored, uh, this scored week. the equalizer yeah. against Urbana after having probably his roughest game of the, the season. You could tell he was tired last night. and uh, was, was that just back-to-back -back games? Back-to-back I mean, -back games. Liberty was very physical. That field is gigantic over at Ballinger Creek, which is why we wanted to play there. But um, it, it bit us a little bit um, on short rest. But, you know, 
Thomas is an extremely likable kid. He's another captain. He's a four-year varsity player. Uh, wasn't about to give up on him. And he gave me a pat on the back after the game that, that basically, you know, we didn't even need to talk about it. Yeah, I, I knew exactly what it meant. I, I knew that he was thankful that we hung with him. And uh, as I mentioned, soccer is just one of those games where things can go really well and all of a sudden something bad can happen or things can go really average and all of a sudden – you're the hero in the newspaper. Right. Um, so he's, he's uh, you know, very, very dynamic, very athletic, um, very good at finding shots and um, has incredible chemistry with uh, David Diaz and another guy who's just lighting it up statistically. I think he's got yeah, nine or I, ten I, assists I, I, at this I, point. David, uh, four goals, nine assists, yeah. Yeah, so we've got, um, you know, any given night, we've probably got four or five players that could go get a hat trick if we were solely reliant um, as we've been in the past, you know, high school, we're, we're extremely lucky to have the depth and the amount of guys that can uh, just flip the script of a game. And, and you know, last night we've got another guy, uh, Ryan Stauffer, who's finding the net and getting assists, who didn't play. He's, he's kind of dealing with some uh, some injury issues. And, um, you know, Eric Rodriguez hasn't really started to score a lot yet. We've been sitting him a little bit just because he, he – um, he plays a ton of soccer uh, and and just um we we don't want to burn him out so we're if we can stay stay healthy and and keep the chemistry alive and keep moving the ball we're going to continue to find results deep into the season i i feel are you, are you guys a different team on turf than you are on grass absolutely we uh we pay out of our fundraising to move games to turf every chance we can get so you're over right next door at Ballinger Creek Park right yeah we had two that were uh two that were slated to be over there this year um one of them fell through but we were able as a result to book Wild Lake who was the 2019 3A champions um we were able to book them for a home game so that's coming up uh October 16th that'll feel like a playoff game that that could be foreshadowing of a matchup again in playoffs because they're 3a um but yeah we we love the turf um we really do we're able to i think stretch teams out the surface is more predictable we're able to play with our heads up much earlier and um and and uh you know i think teams that have played us on grass truthfully have been a bit fortunate (laughs) that that was the the way it was does it feel like quicksand under your guys feet when, when you're on grass now or i mean there's so many turf fields in the county now um it it does and it you know i don't want to sound spoiled or ungrateful you know because because certainly we we've got the best grass field of the grass fields in the county um it's beautiful and it's well kept and it's well maintained and it's large but it it compared to turf it it's it does slow us down and you can see the frustration on the boys that we're not able to play as quick part of it is just you know we we pass the ball to move defenders and when you move defenders you open up space that guys can run into forward space and get in behind and the grass just you know physically slows the ball down so yeah i was gonna say where, where does it show up the most uh slowing the ball down the ability to uh to dribble in tight spaces um ball gets stuck kind of under your foot a lot more than on turf um on turf you can play with the sole of your foot a lot more as opposed to grass uh, it's more with the 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 uh the instep and the outside and the inside of your foot um and then you know also footing um in playoffs games are won and lost sometimes on not having uh not having soft ground cleats um being used to playing on turf not knowing how to adjust to the footing as things get wet and muddy and choppy out there right now now loyola state of the state final that they, they have a turf field obviously you guys will be totally comfortable there but but might you see some natural grass fields in in, uh, in the playoffs uh, potentially, um, our athletic director, Howie Putterman, um, a couple years ago was, um, just fine and, and, uh, very helpful in moving our first, we actually gave up home field advantage against Frederick to go play at Frederick, which was the second time that year. And we didn't have the result that we wanted. Um, it, it but I don't think it had anything to do with the surface. We just, it was the only game that year we didn't score a goal. Um, and we're willing to do the same thing this year. Um, and nothing against home field advantage or playing in front of our fans but um it just uh at this point it's sort of with the group we have it's it's a disservice now there's other groups that we've had in the past where i would prefer the exact opposite based on the the dynamic and the ability of the group but where we're at right now it's um we're just a different team 
it's almost like you're playing chess there, Ty. It's like a, it's like a chess move. Like we'll play you at your place if you give us the turf field. So so it's like a it's sort of like a, a very psychological move there. It seems. <laughs> In theory, yeah. The last time we did it, it wasn't. But uh, you know, I've spoke to the boys about it, and and they agree. We we'd go right back to Frederick if if that's how it laid out this year, or you know, where wherever it needs to be. It's like it's like this for the girls too, but there's not many off nights when you're when you're playing a Frederick County schedule, right? There's not. Uh, like I said, you know, we're we're bound to get everybody's best, and um, you know, it's it's historically a strong soccer county, um, and that speaks volumes to the people that have come before me that have helped to grow the game and um, get people interested and create opportunities, and um, you know, it's. It, there's there's just a ton of tradition in this area for soccer. There's been years where Frederick County boys teams have won every state title that that we classify for. Uh, you know, a one A where Brunswick will win it the same year that Middletown will win Oakdale. it the same year that Oakdale will win it. Um, and and you know, I think uh, for whatever reason, I think people sleep on Frederick County when it when it comes to boys soccer and and maybe even girls soccer. But we show up. We definitely show up, and it's not the same schools all the time. Right. I, I, I asked Troy about this when I had him on. Is, is there any sort of competitive sort of banter, rivalry going on with you and the girls team uh, uh, this year? No, it's, it's, it's funny because we, we don't really have a ton of involvement with each other other than just general support. And you guys aren't riding buses the game. Admiration. Yeah. yeah, and we're playing on the same nights. You know, when I was playing in high school, somehow the, the schedule worked out that we could go to all the girls' games after our practice, and they could go to all our games. And um, and it's not the case. So, you know, when we get the opportunity, like last Friday night with the girls' overtime win against Urbana, our, our entire program was was there watching the girls. And uh, and you'll see girls show up in their their Tuscarora soccer gear, and and um, and they're not they're not just there to to watch. They're they're there to support. And um, and I think they want it just as much for us as we want it for them. There's and we've been there in the past. You know, when we won our first uh, and only state championship in 2008, the the girls program under Mark Walcott had won it in 04, 05. They were right it, there. It's, in been, it's been the most successful sport at the school. They won it in 09. It's it's um, you know not a knock on anybody else um, because there's great coaches in the building and and great youth programs, but. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's a it's a soccer community, and um, you know there's there's the pressure on our boys from me now that I'm in the building. This is my fifth or sixth year teaching there. Um, that we're going to be the gold standard for for what it means to be a student athlete, and we're going to set the example or help set the example for how you behave, how you uh, get places, how you carry yourself um and and these are long days you know it it's a lot of sitting it's a lot of listening it's a lot of being told where to be and what to do and uh our boys do a good job when did you know that this group was going to be good a long time ago <laughs> we, it's ironic we actually have um we, we've got a similar group right now in fourth and fifth grade um because i am still connected with fc frederick um where i got my coaching start um, and because I am very connected in the, the community, um, we, we hear about kids, we identify kids. I've got a database right now of kindergarten through eighth grade, um, 7,500 kids, uh, parents' emails, what grade they're in, what school they go to, um, through the Schoology platform, um, the software that, uh, that FCPS uses to communicate and post assignments. I've, I'm able to create a group of future players that includes uh, gym teachers, guidance counselors, principals, parents, and a bunch of kids. And, and we promote the heck out of what we're doing. So we've known about this group um, for quite some time. And, um, and we've been working with them, playing uh, you know, indoor sessions uh, over in the winter at Frederick Indoor and uh, having our current players coach them. And that's now a tradition that, that we do. Um, and we'll continue to do because, you know, you can't recruit. We're not McDonald. We're not Calvert Hall. We're not giving out scholarships. Um, but you can recruit kids 
at an elementary school level and a middle school level to get interested in the game. Um, yeah, like and when that's it, exactly what we do. When and how do you engage uh, with a kid, a, a, a young player? Uh, every chance I get. I'm a, I'm a handshaker. I'm a, hey, what school do you go to kind of guy. You know, um, last night was youth night down in Urbana, and all these kids came. We probably had 70, 80 kids show. Uh, maybe that's an exaggeration. Probably like 50 kids, but they were all running around at halftime playing, and, and there was just a sea of ball boys and ball girls. And every chance I get, hey, what school do you go to? You know, who's your favorite player? What do you – do you want to play high school someday? Um, and I think it's important that, that people do that because – you know, kids, the the high school soccer experience, from my perspective, is transformative. And it was for me, and I've seen what it can do for kids when, when, when done well. And that's what we're trying to build over at Tuscarora is a place for kids to succeed, um, kids to find a network of teammates and, you know, potential lifelong friends. Um, you know, get results, uh, you know, be recognized. And right now the product that, that this group is putting out, the, the group of juniors and seniors that we've known about for so long, what we're trying to, to package and sell to the community, there's no better time than right now to, to come watch a Tuscarora boys or girls soccer game. So if we can just get kids to show up, then, then the product is going to sell itself. For instance, you know, we played Monday this week. We played last night. We play on the road tomorrow. We've got another game Monday. That's four and seven days. So we had the Ballinger turf uh, already reserved and paid for today for, for practice for our JV and varsity teams. Well, we gave the, the guys off. I made that call on the bus ride home last night, and when I got home, I blasted out to, uh, to all of our youth players that we are going to have a, an open play day today. So our guys are going to come over. Our, our players are going to come over, and – Middle school and elementary school kids are going to come over to the turf um, after school, and, and we're just going to play and, and get to know the kids and, and make connections. How would you keep this group together? Because even if you identify a couple of kids that are in, like, fourth grade and stuff, it's, it's, a, it's a long way, Todd, from fourth grade until high school. So how yeah. would you keep this group intact? Well, one, I've got a super supportive wife who uh, kind of allows this to be um, – more of a full-time job than a than a part-time job but yeah. that that's key because you know you look around the the soccer landscape has changed over the years as club has become a little more dominant um a little more um they they sort of sometimes the the club environment frowns on involvement in high school soccer i don't think they appreciate the full experience that it offers kids and um, a lot of kids are are unfortunately being forced to make a decision about are they going to play high school or are they going to play club well you know we've got guys that play really high level club soccer but if somebody were to tell them you can't play at this club because you want to play high school then what they're going to do is say, okay, well, I'm going to go find somewhere else to play um, because they've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. But but kids move and stuff like that. So, so, so yeah, we've had. <laughs> you need some luck too to keep this group together. Um, you do. Um, but at the same time, our our community, our neck of the woods, is becoming a little more transient. Like for instance, David Diaz uh, fell in our lap his sophomore year. Um, guys, because. Maryland is such a strong soccer state and it's so concentrated. Our, our boys had been playing against David for a while. And, uh, and I, I can't tell you how much excitement there was when they found out that he was moving in, into uh, the neighborhood across the street. So you get lucky sometimes. Sometimes you get unlucky. There's, I could give you 10 names right now of, of kids that once upon a time were on our radar that are either playing for other schools or living in Arizona, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, that's the mentality is, is the more the merrier, you know, I, I've seen being in the school, being in the school system, being, being, uh, a coach for a long, long enough time. Now I've seen just how much kids can transform in the four years that they're with you in high school. Um, but the idea is if, if you can get as many kids interested at a young age, it, it could be unstoppable. And, and that's my personal goal. I've got this, uh, I guess a melody in my head or a vision of this thing becoming a well-oiled machine that just needs tuning up and, and some maintenance every once in a while. But we're, um, we're definitely seeing the results of 
starting young and keeping the chemistry as strong as we possibly can. Yeah, well, what, what's the health of the sport in the county? Uh, club scene, high school, just, just how do you view that? Uh, I think it's stronger than ever. Um, you know, we continue as a county to send kids off to play at the next level, whatever le level is suitable for them. And, um, and I think this, the, the best thing that probably goes unnoticed is how active coaches are in this county in getting kids interested and uh, contributing to the game in other ways. Um, I, I had the opportunity to start coaching as soon as I could drive a car. Um, you know, the club I was playing for in Hagerstown, I would stick around and help coach the U-12s. And, you know, through those types of opportunities to get your feet wet, you know, not everybody's going to play forever. I don't really play much anymore. Um, but I've found my groove here. Other kids are starting to get their refing license. We can't play high school soccer without refs. And as much as people want to be critical of referees, we, you know, do something about it so we we get a it's a great first job for kids so there's a lot of promotion of giving back to the game in this area and to me i think that's the most important part um growing the game and making a difference you know coach scheffler over at middletown is is an absolute legend for for what he did for that that area and how he changed the way people played the game um huge mentor of mine grew up playing against his middletown teams and had a few years where we're, we were still on the sideline together bo eske who's just an absolute visionary at fc frederick you know these are the the types of people that that our coaches have to look up to and it's it's really inspiring knowing that they you know those guys are still incredibly active um in helping get people into leadership positions that are ready to to take it on and and i was afforded that opportunity too uh, a few years back when i was teaching at hillcrest to even though i didn't feel like i was ready for it to lead up the uh to be the director of the golden mile program um, which was just a, a little free after school opportunity for kids in that community is, is life easier for you though now that you're in the building at tuscarora or yeah i, I wish uh, i wish for every kid that plays a sport that that there was a, a qualified coach in the building because it just it, it makes a world of difference. The county prefers that, right? Uh, that's that, the, that, in that's the hiring preferred setup. Yeah, in right. the hiring process, that's the first the the first group of people that are eligible to yeah. apply and be interviewed, and then it goes to out of school but in county. So um, you know, when I was at Hillcrest, anybody that at Tuscarora that wanted that job each year. Uh, anybody that was in the building teaching each year, they would have the right to interview for it. And then the, the final is non-FCPS employees. Uh, year 13 for you, Tuscarora? Yeah, I believe uh, 2008 would have been the first, so 13 and I think uh, 8 or 9 as the head coach. When you came in in 2008 and you guys win states, are you like, hey, this is the way it's always – this is the way it's always going to be. <laughs> well, so that that group, uh, it was interesting because the the next year we were uh, we were definitely better. Um, our yeah. record showed it. Um, we ended up losing to to Clarksburg uh, in the quarterfinals, who went on to you know their next two games, three zero four one, and uh, that that game felt like the state finals actually at Tuscarora. Um, you definitely get a you you get hooked on the feeling that no matter what. That, that's what that group taught me is no matter what the regular season is, you know, everybody gets a shot. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard. Uh, I think if you look at it from a numbers standpoint, it's it's harder to win than a Super Bowl. you got to win more games. There's more teams in, in 3A than there are in, you know, the NFL. So it's, um, it, it's a reminder that anything can happen if, if that group can get hot at the right time and and go and knock off uh it was bcc who was the returning state champions that year and and the clear favorite um if that group can do it then a talented group from top to bottom can do it so you know i just uh i i try to always hang on to that and and i try to bring as many alumni around that have been on that team to to preach that it sounds like you love the job as much now as you did back then I do. Um, it's it's challenging uh, in, in so many ways. It's it's an easy job to to just do enough, but uh, over at Tuscarora, you know, we're 
I'll put it like this. I'll coach anybody, but if I'm going to be doing it, I want to make it special. And you're not doing it for the money uh, either. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, we we put a lot of time into it. Um, uh, promotion, film analysis, uh, raising money for breast cancer. Um, you know, I, we're we're trying to get uh, currently working with FCPS to convert two of the tennis courts over at Ballinger Middle into futsal courts, so kids have. Uh, a safe haven, a place to play after school and, and get touches on the ball more. We're, we're doing little pop-up futsal games over in the Farmbrook community. So those kids have a place to be and, and somebody to uh, kind of look up to. Um, it, you know, a while back, uh, we were fortunate enough to have Quinn Meehan, who was on the 2008-2009 team, went on to play at Towson. We were fortunate enough to have him come back and join the coaching staff. And after a, a pretty uninspiring and average season, um, he, he said something to me in a phone call that I'll, I'll never forget. And it was just along the lines of, you know, it wouldn't take that much more work, that much more time, that much more dedication to really make this into something special. And uh, that stuck with me. You know, one of my one of my key influences as a coach that I've never met, but I've certainly played against his teams, is uh, Coach Dave Brandt, who uh, basically got laughed at when he when he originally took the job up at Messiah College in PA and said, I'm going to make this the best place to play college soccer in the entire country. And, you know, 10 years later, he's got seven national championships. Um, and, and playing against them in college – those games were over by the end of warmups. You could just tell, yeah. you know, and, and it's all about, uh, I think taking chances, but believing in, uh, believing in what's possible. Yeah. Well, you got to get back to work, Todd. I, I, I know that, but it's been great having you on playoffs are right around the corner, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy how fast these things go once they get started. You know, in September we, it seems like the games weren't coming and now, it's uh we played yesterday we play tomorrow kind how, of how many more left in the regular season um so we're eight in right now uh, six more in the regular season if things stay the way they are now um the, the oakdale game coming up is going to be uh uh is, is probably going to determine who on our side of the cmc plays for the conference finals so so that game would be uh be number seven if it works out and then uh potentially five if uh to get to a, a state championship um, yeah. in October, early it, it, November. It's going to come fast. I mean, we're, we're, it really we're, is. we're about a month away. It really so, is. And, yeah. and in addition, you know, the last season just flew by. Um, so this, this whole thing has uh, just kind of been a blur, but we're trying to soak in every moment. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, great talking to you again. Yeah, and, thank you for and, having me. And I uh, wish you guys well uh, the rest of the way. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us uh, this week. My thanks uh, to Todd Nepper, uh, to, to John Cannon, of course, to Graham Collin uh, for producing the podcast. And uh, we'll see everyone back here next week for another edition of The Final Score. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.